Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. So I usually make it a point of not highlighting people who are not worthy of attention. I I find it that if you give people attention, that, like, you might be doing them a favor. And I don't want to do certain people favors. But as I watch Secretary Buttigieg just fail and trip all over himself regarding East Palestine, Ohio. Remember, this is no longer about whether or not the Department of Transportation responded properly. This is about why it was that there was so much radio silence about a chemical spill that in any other circumstance would have led to environmental questions and and interviews with environmentalists. What are we doing to the planet? And you would have gotten John Kerry involved. All of it. My gosh. Buddha judge failing here on the political is just so great. I mean, it's 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 huge. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. Find everything. Tony Katz dot locals dot com. This actually happened today as Pete Buttigieg finally made it to East Palestine three weeks after the train derailment. Both information and misinformation injected into this situation, none of which is to the benefit of the community uh, when it comes to that misinformation. The North so I think, so I lost my train of thought. Um, I'm talking about misinformation with a train derailment behind me, and I actually used the word, I lost my train of thought. Come on. Come on. It doesn't get worse than this, does it? Um, it does. The country should be wrapping their arms around the people of East Palestine, not as a political football, not as an ideological uh, flashpoint, not as a gotcha moment, but as thousands of human beings whose lives got upended through no end, through no fault of their own. Uh, and I think that includes visits, not just big official visits from the government, but just people who've seen the news and whose hearts go out to the community here. If you didn't want it to be political, why was your first, first real public statement about this to blame Donald Trump? If it wasn't to be political, people to judge, why was this your first big statement? If it's about wrapping arms around the people of East Palestine, will you excoriate Joy Behar for this? I don't know why they would ever vote for him because somebody who, who, by the way, he placed someone with deep ties to the chemical industry in charge of the EPA's chemical safety office. That's who you voted for in that district. 
Donald Trump, who reduces all safety, he yeah. did. Do they, they showed up at McDonald's and those voters yeah, saw something on the ground that yeah. probably it, resonates in a that's way that the they thing. need. Yeah, but they need to look past the photo ops, these people, and but say, who's doing the job here? Forget about the photo op. Showing up is a big Showing up, I think, is I think this is Donald Trump's fault. That was Sonny Hostin. Any words? Anywhere? No, no, just all political all the time. Phantasmal. You're just doing great. Let's go back to Pete Buttigieg, who is not doing great. Not doing great at all. I mean, if you didn't hear his staff, oh, here's Pete Buttigieg walking into a building and... um. Someone's asking a question, and they're shouting the question. He's walking into the building. Mayor Pete, why did it take you an entire two and a half weeks to actually get here to respond to East Palestine? Will you apologize to the residents of this city for for the, the, the slow response? Now, that question has been asked a million times, and clearly the person asking the question is a little nervous, stammering through it. He doesn't answer. He goes in the building. Enter this woman who claims to be his press secretary. I don't know offhand who his press secretary is. And she'll answer questions, but under a condition. To the government's slow response, do you have any apology? I'm press person. I can help you. Sure, I'm sure, sure, sure. So can, can, can we ask why it took him almost three weeks to get here? I, I'm sorry, I don't want to do this on camera. What was his personal time off while there was a tragedy happening here? And can camera? we also ask, too, why it, uh, you know, he waited until President Donald Trump came here to actually make an appearance? This is a very important question that people you, across America I'm, would like I'm, to I'm know. I'm happy to have a conversation with you. I do not want to be on camera. You're the, you're the press person for the Secretary of Transportation. You don't want to be on camera? Okay, that says to America, you don't want to have an honest conversation about why it took so long. You don't. This is a conversation of policy versus um, politics. Really is. And, it, and it's worthy of discussion. That it took Judge three weeks to get there is different than whether or not it took three weeks for help to get there. That's clearly not the case. It didn't take three weeks for help to get there. Anybody who says otherwise is not telling the truth. That's a misnomer. That's ugly. That's wrong. But the politics of the conversation is that Donald Trump beat you to the punch. Trump beat you there, kid. And not only did Trump beat you to the punch, Trump shows up, walks into a McDonald's, is like, I'm buying lunch for everybody. Oh, by the way. And we're going to get the meals for the fire department. Hello, everybody. What's your specialty today? How are you today? Nice to meet you. Hello, everybody. That's a nice, beautiful looking group of people. So I know this menu better than you do. Okay? I probably know it better than anybody in here. Uh, we're going to take care of the fire department. Okay. We're going to take care of the police department. And what we do is all the people that are eating. Right I'm now. the owner, Mr. Tr- Mr. Oh, President. So How are you? I don't have to give him. That's right. That's a good one to own, right? Yes, it is. One of the best. So we're going to take care of the He's buying meals for firefighters and telling the staff, I know the menu better than you. P. 
Pete Buttigieg's press person won't answer a question on camera, and Donald Trump is buying people Big Macs. Of course it's political. Of course it's political. How could you not think so? This isn't the average train derailment. This is, in regards to transportation, just another debacle that you have been incapable of dealing with. We don't have to talk about this. We can talk about Southwest Airlines. We can talk about the ports. Oh my gosh, Secretary Buttigieg. Some people still call him Mayor Pete. Don't. He's the Secretary of Transportation. Be respectful. There's a lot I can talk about here. And here's the big one. The Democratic Party just got outclassed by Trump. That happened. I don't care if you like him. I didn't ask if you like him. I don't care. I'm just saying what is. But let's go back to Pete. To Secretary Buttigieg. As this story is playing out, and of course, we discussed the fact that he should have been there because it was a chemical spill and a big one. It should have been earlier. It should. And by the way, it's not even a question of being there. He didn't necessarily have to go there until now, but a discussion of it. I think if we're truly honest, and we should be, it's that there was no discussion of it. There was a discussion of a myriad of other things. Chemicals are pouring into the Ohio River. If we're supposed to be people who care about the environment, well, what? why was it there no discussion of it? This is what happened. Here's what we know. Here's who we have on the scene. This is what we're working on. We're coordinating from here to not get in their way. Boom, boom, boom. But he didn't do that because he's not capable. Enter Politico. As I said, I don't like to say certain names because I don't want to give these people any kind of platform. Buttigieg world frustrated at GOP attacks over train wreck. Oh. Is that right? The problem is the GOP attacks, not what Pete Buttigieg has done, not his positioning on the subject. Pete Buttigieg has taken a lot of bullets for the president on this according to one senior Democrat, insisting on anonymity to talk about a crisis that the person was not authorized to discuss. Are you out of your mind that this is about Republicans attacking publicly and privately? Signs are growing that Transportation Secretary's usual Eagle Scout patience is giving way to frustration. Politico wants to claim it would seem (laughs) it would seem that Republicans are pouncing on this. There's always a thing. When Republicans are questioning what's going on, Republicans pounce, Republicans seize, right? They're seizing on this, they're pouncing on that's what they do. This article was written in part by Adam Wren who is the so-called reporter who got the access to Jennifer Ruth Green's military records and published the story that included a sexual assault. Still don't know how he got the records. They, the Politico wants to back him up, but there's still no story that is of value. There's a story that's out there. You'll have to decide for yourself whether you believe it. 
Adam Wren got his fame, if you will, because he beat the entirety of Indiana to the Judge beat. Remember, Pete Judge was the mayor of South Bend, Indiana, decided to run for president. Adam Wren got there first. Adam Wren absolutely got there first and proceeded to never write a strong word about Pete Buttigieg or ask a tough question. Rather, we got exposés about how Pete Buttigieg likes crane games. You know, when you put in the quarter and you, you take the crane and you try and fish out the prize? The entirety of his reporting on Buttigieg is to one day hopefully get himself to D.C. to cover Pete Buttigieg. That's it. At every... You know, I've often talked about the fact that when COVID struck and there was this idea of lockdowns, I made the statements clear as day. You cannot shut down society to save society. And what I got back was... Tony Katz is going to get people killed. It was Adam Wren who wrote that. I can think of few people just more absolutely disgusting because they prove it every day than him. Is he allowed to do his job? Of course he's allowed to do his job. Can you imagine, though, that your job is run press for Pete judge. Now I know what I'll get back. Don't you do the same thing for Jim Banks? I do interviews with Jim Banks. I don't claim judge failed. It's the Republicans' fault for noticing. That's this guy. That's Politico. And here's the article. judge world frustrated at GOP attacks over train wreck. Wow. Now, one could argue, Tony, you're reading it wrong. He's taking all the hits. Why isn't Biden taking any of the hits? Why is the transportation secretary taking the hits instead of the president? I don't know, because we're all grownups. Because that's how it goes. That's how it goes. You're the secretary of transportation, and this was a train. If it was a cyber attack on East Palestine, Ohio, Pete Buttigieg would be asked less questions and he could probably go on another paternity leave. The guy is in over his head. The guy is incompetent. The guy is incapable. Get it? Get it clear. Pete Buttigieg was never good enough to do this job, still isn't good enough to do this job, and we have people who are hell-bent on somehow promoting him, no matter how they promote him, and no matter who they chastise for it. A Daily Caller reporter approached Buttigieg while he was out walking with his husband, Chastin, and asked him about the derailment. Buttigieg referred her to about a dozen interviews I've given today. Now, you can argue that maybe you don't bother a guy when he's out for a walk. It's usually not my style. He's the transportation secretary taking a walk around D.C. instead of taking a walk around East Palestine, which he could have done within the three weeks before this reporter came up to him. That reporter was well within her rights. The exchange generated even more headlines in conservative media. Oh, you know how that conservative media is. Don't defend the indefensible. The action or the person. 
but I expect nothing less from a reporter who just begs to get out of Indiana. That's what it looks like. And who spends not only a career defending the indefensible, both the action and the person, but then releases the the military records of a congressional candidate? You can accuse me of a lot of things, but not that. I'm Tony Katz. I don't know. I, I had good luck with uh, yesterday and the 43rd anniversary of the Miracle on Ice. So I figured I'll go back to the well. I'll go back to the history well. February 23rd, 1945. The raising of the American flag atop Mount Suribachi on Iwo Jima. You've seen the photo. It is iconic. You've seen the statues made of the photos. The whole question of whether or not it's the, the when they raised it the first time or they raised it another time because somebody wanted the flag. Uh, Flags of Our Fathers, Clint Eastwood. It's a, it's a good movie. Flags of Our Fathers. I, it stars, I think it's Ryan Philippi. Uh, Neil McDonough is, is in uh, the, the, the movie. It's good. It's it's a it's a good film, and then you can see the flip side. Of, you want something cool? I I only discovered this recently. I'm not a big Clint Eastwood movie guy, um, but he's got themes in his movies that that, that often deal with the ideas of justice, and um, what 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 is it to stand up for yourself? What is it to have a code? Uh, and so with. Flags of Our Fathers, which is about uh, the taking of Iwo Jima, and then how some of these soldiers who were involved with the photo had to go around trying to sell war bonds and and the stress that it put on them. It's a very, very well-done film. Very well done. He does the flip side of the film called Letters from Iwo Jima, which is about how the Japanese dealt with trying to defend this really Kind of awful island, although it has a, a, a cultural significance uh, to Japan. This, of course, is World War II. We were attacked uh, by Japan, and, of course, they had to be defeated and reminded, you don't get to attack us without serious consequences. Taking of this island meant cutting off Japan's ability to launch uh, counteroffensives and, and really survive. And so it's a discussion of how the Japanese leadership had kind of screwed up the defenses. It took a general realizing the mistakes to try and make things right, to even make it a fight. But the realization that they had already lost this group, they had already lost that group, and and that Japan knew it was over when they got involved in the battle. They fought anyway. So as a just as the idea of what do you do when all is lost... A fascinating look. I mean, it's all in subtitles. So what? Worth the watch. Both Clint Eastwood films. Flags of Our Fathers and Letters from Iwo Jima. It's two sides of the same coin. Um, Worth the watch. Meanwhile, would you like to have a governor like Ron DeSantis? I mean, you tell me. This is Tony Katz today.
if you were to go state to state, Republican state to Republican state, and possibly Democrat state to Democrat state, where you have Democrat governors, I should say, I think you would find a grand amount of people who say, man, I wish Ron DeSantis was my governor. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. Find everything. TonyKatz.locals.com. TonyKatz.locals.com. The number, 833-GOT-TONY. 833-468-8669. And when I say that, I'm referring to the idea that they would like to have a governor that actually got involved. Maybe you don't need a governor who gets involved in everything or all the things like Ron DeSantis does. Even I argue you don't have to get involved on every subject. I speak about the governor of of Indiana, Eric Holcomb. Eric Holcomb is nowhere to be found. Absolutely positively nowhere. We are discussing the idea of whether children can have transgender surgeries. We are discussing uh, boys playing girls sports and forcing girls to the sidelines. A series of conversations. And we don't hear in Indiana from the governor. He is silent. It's embarrassing. You know what? It's not just embarrassing it's it's embarrassing it is because when you are now the republican party and you are this general assembly trying to get things done and everything you hear from the democratic party oh those republicans just involved in another culture war they actually think that that moves the needle but you know they believe if you say it enough it must be true they started the culture war but they think it's okay to mutilate children i think it's the weirdest thing in the world They think this is okay. They should be voting, of course, for legislation that keeps kids safe. But no, 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 they're fine with it. The Republicans don't get a chance to look to their governor and be like, he's with us. He won 60 some odd percent of the vote and for re-election. And he did. And yet he's nowhere to be found on these issues. Absolutely silent. Again, He doesn't have to have a position on every issue, but none? Well, that's not what Americans want anymore. Well, Tony, a governor should be focused on running the state and bringing business to the state. And yes, uh, Governor Eric Holcomb does indeed focus on bringing business to the state. People get mad at him for showing up at Davos. I don't. He's not trying to be part of the cabal. You think the cabal trying to rule the world would let Eric Holcomb in? Stop it. He's just hoping that somebody might want to invest $3 billion in the state. He should go to those things. He's flying to, to Egypt. Oh, he's taking another trip. If he brings some business back, good. And sometimes you got to show up. Sometimes you got to talk to people. I have zero issue with these things. And he has brought some business. Not enough in my view, but okay, you could call that personal, right? That's a subjective conversation. And then, of course, it's what we lose out to, to Ohio, which comes from an unwillingness to plant the flag about why Indiana is better. And you might have believed this for your state. How could Oklahoma possibly lose out on one more thing to Texas? Where is the declaration that Oklahoma is the place to be and here's why? Don't get me wrong, you're fighting uphill. 
doesn't mean you don't fight. And therefore, you have to have a governor who is involved, who is upbeat, who is punching in the right direction. Now, I have not heard people say to me, for example, in Oklahoma, where we are heard on KRMG on weekends, that Governor Stitt is somehow letting them down. Now, I'm sure I'm about to get 9 million emails telling me, oh, you wouldn't believe how much we don't like Governor Kevin Stitt. Um, I don't hear that. I don't hear that there isn't a fight. And I will tell you, as an outsider looking in, that I hear more about Governor Stitt than I do about Governor Holcomb, and I live in Indiana. It's a solid, solid example. But let me give you, going back to Governor DeSantis, the most high-profile governor in the country, why it is that people are attracted to him. Why it is they appreciate his jumping into the fray. And let me uh, go to an event he had where he is standing in front of a private plane. It looks like a Cessna of some kind. And I say that only because it's the only one I know. That'd be like a, a two-seater or a four-seater, you know, a smaller kind of plane. Although it does look uh, very, very futuristic, right? It, it's not a, it's, that's not a Gulfstream. I mean, if that is a Gulfstream, I'm like, okay, I've never seen it. I'm just going to call it a private plane. He's in a hangar somewhere. And he's in front or is behind a podium that reads Biden's border crisis. And it's even the Biden with the E, the way he, uh, Biden does his logo. It's, it's, it's well done. This is Governor DeSantis talking about the border. Uh, so our proposed legislation will prohibit that practice. Local governments will not be able to provide funds to issue ID cards to illegal aliens. Uh, and the legislation will invalidate all out-of-state licenses that have been given to illegal aliens. Now, the conversation of licensure is actually quite a big deal. The conversation about licensure is the idea that you already have these people in your state. You want them to have insurance, so therefore they're covered if there's an accident. You're costing uh, uh, taxpayers, citizens, millions if not billions of dollars every year. Of course, you should give them licenses. I disagree with this. Because to give somebody who's in the country illegally a license is to somehow give them a sense of it's okay. And I don't believe it's okay. Because if it's okay, I want to know what laws I get to break. Because daddy needs to break some laws. I didn't know we were allowed to break laws. But if you're allowed to enter the country illegally and then get a driver's license, daddy needs to know what law he can break. By the way, in this conversation, I am daddy. Daddy needs to know, kitten. I need to be told, is it not pay my taxes or can I run red lights? It's one or the other. You can pick. Either I don't have to pay my taxes or I get to run red lights. Your choice. I'm talking about the kind of running red lights that if a nun, a school teacher, and three kindergartners get into an accident, I can't be held liable. I'm talking about that kind of break the law. By the way, that was rather specific, and I hope everybody's okay. Wait a second, there was no accident. I just invented the story. You get my point. We can't simply say it's okay to break the law. That is wildly appreciated. And people look 
to Ron DeSantis and say, good on you. And the left screams culture war. And what actual culture war is there? It doesn't resonate. I mean, that's the desperation of the move. But how does it resonate when it is a rational thought? People who broke the law can't get a driver's license. And then he follows it up with this. Our bill will require uh, when you register to vote that you affirm or swear under penalty of perjury that you are a United States citizen. And so if you check that box and you're not, uh, then you're opening yourself up uh, to, to, to prosecution. And we need to make sure that we want all citizens here that want to vote to vote, but we don't want anybody here voting illegally. And if you're not a citizen of this country, you should not be voting in our election. If that to you is a culture war, If that to any governor is, oh, I don't know if I want to say that, how afraid are you and why am I not allowed to notice how you're failing me, how you're failing us, we, your state, rational thought. Non-citizens should not vote in an American election, whether it's presidential or, or any level of federal or state or city or county, name it. I, I think the expression people would use is dog catcher. You shouldn't be able to vote uh, for dog catcher. But you have people who object to this? Who rationally objects to this idea? Partisans, ideologues, fools, people who want to tear down the nation object to this. So as a governor, why wouldn't you say something like this or be behind something like this clearly and, and, and with fervor, with strength? This is not going out on a limb, is it? Of course not. Of course it's not going out on a limb. It's rational thought. So why is it so hard for so many governors to do it? If we're having a discussion about transgender, name it. What adults do and what children do are two different things. And we don't allow children to do lots of things. Someone under the age of 18 can't have a beer. I'm sorry, under the age of 21 can't have a beer. But a 14-year-old can determine that they want to have surgery to remove their breasts? Are we listening to that out loud? We all recognize that that's insane. Yet I have a governor in Eric Holcomb who won't make that statement. Why not? What could be more rational of a thought than an 18-year-old can't buy a beer, an adult can't buy a beer, but a 14-year-old can determine their own medical future? What are we what are we all silly? We're not doing that. I support the legislation in the state house coming from uh, the Indiana uh, Senate and I'm going to sign it. Or, hey, I'm going to sign it, but I think it should have this tweak. Then you're utilizing your position as governor to, well, maybe you're going to seem more rational to some people. I don't know. But you're putting your your imprint on something. Or is that it? You've got governors who don't want to have an imprint at all. What they want to do is get through unscathed. After all, they're only governors so they can get to that private sector job that's going to pay $482,000 a year. 
and then they're going to be able to give speeches because they were a governor at something like $22,000 a pop. Let's not think it's going to be too much money. You know, and they're going to give like six of those a year, eight of those a year, make another 200 grand. That, that goes to the vacation fund. That goes on. Oh, I got to go on vacation. Oh, my gosh. Just living the life and getting the pension. And then you work in this, this private sector law firm, something or other, where you show up to a meeting, you glad had a couple people, you tell some inside stories from the time you were governor, you leave, and then somebody else actually does the hard work. I haven't understood, right? Like, I've got to kind of figure it out. By the way, sounds awesome. I often wonder if I wasn't in radio, I wonder if I could have one of those gigs. Basically, is like when the ex-boxer is the greeter at the casino. That's the kind of gig, right? You, you, you work for the law firm. I'm not a lawyer. But you attend meetings. You help bring in some clients. You entertain some people in the evening. You talk politics with them. You, you let them argue with you. And you go, you know what? You're so right. You're so right. You are so right. So anyway, a uh, uh, $4 million contract sign here. Thank you very much. And, that's, and then you go on vacation. That's not a bad gig. But I actually expect my governors to do something. I expect my governor to be present. I expect him to do the work. And I expect him to stand up, wait for it, for something. I didn't say everything. I am not expecting my governor, Eric Holcomb, or really any governor, to find every subject is a subject that they got to make a speech about, they got to rail about, and they got to have a protest about. See, that would seem weird to me. But there got to be some things, or it said to the singular, something, something, where you state, yes, this is something I stand for. The only thing that Governor Eric Holcomb of Indiana has stood for that I can think of in the past five, six years uh, is is abortion. Uh, we're, we're going to uh, limit abortion in the state of Indiana. And right now that's being challenged in the courts, as of course you would imagine things are challenged in the courts, and that's the way it is. And everything else, the man is nowhere to be found. I mean nowhere to be found. No communication from his team, no statements, no nothing. Oh, Lord forbid you should want to do an interview. Ha! That's hilarious. And this is why people are cheering Ron DeSantis. Because he's saying something, not just something. He is saying what people are saying. He is connected. And people appreciate that. And they vote for that. Which is why Ron DeSantis is the conversation everybody has regarding president. And Eric Holcomb is the conversation no one has about anything. Not that Holcomb actually cares. I'm Tony Katz. I really hope Sam Brinton goes to jail for a long, long, long time. You know the name. And you know the name because Sam Brinton is this guy who worked in the Biden administration and wore women's clothes and didn't claim to be a woman but was non-binary and, and really just wanted you to notice him. It's like, okay. We noticed you. And he was in charge of, like, nuclear waste disposal. And he was also in charge of stealing people's suitcases. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. And that's and that's what he did. He was stealing people's suitcases. Right there. 
right off of the luggage carousel. He's stealing them. It's crazy, and he's he's caught twice, two different times. Uh, the 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 feds uh, have uh, this on on tape, right? Because there's cameras all across a, an airport. And finally, the Biden administration gets rid of him. Finally, and he gets uh, you know arrested, and there are charges. And I only hope the guy goes to jail for it. Story gets stranger. There is a fashion designer by the name of Asha Kasman or Kamsin, K-H-A-M-S-I-N. You forgive me on the pronunciation. She's a Tanzanian fashion designer. That's where she's, she's from. She's from Tanzania. Got you covered. She takes a look at what Sam Brinton was wearing and says, wait a second, those are my clothes. And it's like, whoa, whoa, so he stole your suitcase? In 2018, Sam Brinton was stealing people's clothing, stealing people's suitcases in 2018, and he's wearing her designs. Not that he knows her designs. He doesn't care that he's culturally appropriating her designs. He stole her work. And you know that he's probably taking credit for it. Oh, this, just something I made myself. Oh, yeah, I do a little design on the side. What can I say? I'm a talent. This guy is a nonstop thief. He steals people's clothes. He's 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 appropriating uh, the idea of being a woman. What? You can't say that? I thought you can say that. I'll leave that to others. Just a terrible guy. Jail time. I hope he gets a lot of it. A whole stinking bunch of it. Keep it here. I'm Tony Katz, and this is Tony Katz Today. Today.